Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Okay, welcome everyone to part two. The feedback we got from part one was a really overwhelming and Baruch Hashem, we can sit here tonight and it should be Mamshech part two. Um, I got a lot of messages and questions basically um, going through one, one um, focusing on, on a lot of, uh, of your emotions. A lot of people are overwhelmed worried and um, they want is anything they can do and if there is the question is what so I think tonight um, Mordechai will tell me I think we'll talk a little bit about um, the self-awareness part the emotions but I think the tactless of this all is to be able to do the right thing because we all want to know what does Hashem want from us in any situation we are in and whichever situation he puts us in, that's where we have to find the way because that's where he put us in. You know, the only way to get there is by first seeing where am I? Who am I? What do I like? What, what's not working out? And in a little bit of acceptance, which I could say in one word, but it's a lot of work to be able to accept where you are because most people don't like in, especially in today's situation, but to be able to go to the place where we have to be to change, to, to, to move, to take the next right step that Hashem wants from us, we have to go through that process of being aware and then being able to accept. We will have to have a little bit of self-compassion in there because if not, there's a lot of knocking. We're not happy to hear of all our feelings, the way it feels. So all of, all of that, hopefully we will um, cover tonight, and then we'll have a little of question and answers, which we got from before, and Mitz Hashem Oshi will tell us if people ask questions in the middle. Um, Mordechai, you can take over. Thank you. I appreciate the Hagdama, what you've done, and also this part that we're going to be discussing is extremely important, how emotions work, because everyone is convinced and believing that they're emotionally aware. I have never met a person that does not believe he is emotionally aware. In fact, for those that know the old diagnosis that's a bit popular, still popular, called Asperger's, these are people that their challenge is understanding human interaction, the emotional component, and yet they are 100% convinced that they have all emotions and they're aware of all emotions. They just feel the whole world is out of sync. There's like this famous joke where this wife calls up the husband saying, husband, I just heard the news and there's one car driving the opposite direction on the throughway. Please be careful where you're driving. And he goes, what? Thousands of them are all going the wrong way. So the concept is that many times while we think we are emotionally aware, but we are getting emotionally hurt and we are emotionally hurting others. And the way we know that is very simple. What's our general emotion? Are we most of the time calm, happy? Are people calm and happy around us? Or are our emotions frustrating, trapped, or locked, or we're shut? 
So just before we go into all this, I would also like to start with a nice little thank you and a shout out to several very, very special people. We are going to start with our, say, our third co-host over here, Reb Usher Parnas. Thank you, Ushi, and the Chol for being so available making this work. I also would like to thank the Lakewood Scoop, thank Matzab.com. They are making this an unbelievable way for people to reach, to be able to listen and to be able to get it all here. So thank you all for doing that. I also would like to thank, from the Jewish experience, actually to get it correct, uh, Mrs. Chaya Kaufman, which I've used her several times for the Jewish Content Network. Basically, if you want to get your advertisement or your message to several networks, she's hooked up to all of them. I've used her on more than one or two occasions, probably even a lot more than that. So it's a pleasure to team up with you again, and you can look her up, and she's great on all the... All, all forms of media. So thank you for helping us all arrange that. As say. always, at this time, we must thank, I feel at least on my part, a huge Akar for all the doctors, hospitals, Hatsala members that are going out there and helping literally all of us the entire time, especially for the Bikachel Malekut, because that's where I am and I'm dealing with them all the time. And I happen to have seen one of the representatives of Reb Aronoyach Fried, which is a dear, dear friend also. Better known as Galaxy. A50. Oh, I didn't even know that, that he's got a number for that one. Great. So I want to thank all of you guys for being there for us. So I appreciate that. Before we go into all that information, I could see, Oshi, that we've got several people wanting to ask questions, like they've raised their hands. Okay. Let me see. So let's go see if we've got, see if there are any messages there. Not yet, not yet. Not, there's people are texting, but not yet. I want to also mention a uh, shout out to Shlemy Katz from the Lakewood News Network, who uh, has been very helpful the whole time, also posting. Gosh, they have, you know, all the interactive WhatsApps and uh, really gets to know what's going on. I really appreciate that as well. Um, Menachem, uh, some people emailed him some uh, questions, um, which we're going to go through tonight. Um, I'm going to start off with the first question somebody's asking. I would ask them to ask it, but they just texted me, so I'll just read it. Question goes as follows to Mordechai Weinberger and Menachem Berfold. The point of the, I just want to clarify the point of this is we have a therapist and we have a life coach. And I think it gives uh, the crowd over here a good balance because I don't think there's one answer to all these questions. And I think it's good to know different Mahalchem. Some people work good certain ways, some people work good other ways. So it's good to hear both approaches. That's why I felt it was very dynamic last week. Question goes as follows How do we balance empathy for people who are suffering with Simcha of Yamtiv? Of the Yamtiv. What's the question? How do we how do we empathize, how do we how do we give them empathy? I guess the people that have sick relatives, people that have um, hard time making yontiv. You know, there's a lot of people fetching these days. You know, some rightfully so, some are just because that's you know that's 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 what's in these days. So how do you how do you empathize with that? So let me tell you how complicated empathy is. Feeling, we'll discuss validation a little, and then we'll discuss um, some of the other stuff. And that is as follows. We know the halacha is that we're meant to stay quiet. Why? Because we don't know what the other person is feeling, what the other person needs. One of the biggest secrets of a therapist that we learn, and boy, do we learn it painfully early on in the therapy experiences, we never assume. So if someone says, so-and-so happened, I go, what's your feeling? 
Recently, I had the uncomfortable experience where someone told me that a parent was nifter. And since I'm already pretty experienced with this, with this, I sort of said, wow, that's terrible. And I was expecting a, yes, you have no idea. And so they go, no, it was my happiest moment of my life. And I wasn't shocked. I go, hey, what was the relationship? And then they told me what was going on, what pain the parent was going through and, and everything else that was going on there. So we need to learn not to make assumptions. So let's understand now, some people, if they're going through, if there's a family member that's not well, they might want to just be, treat me as regular. Don't talk about my family member. I don't want to be the Nebuchadnezzar Rahmanas. Some people are going to want to be, talk about it. Give me some feelings. Tell me how sad it is that while everyone's going about and kvetching about being locked into our houses or our apartments, they're worried about their family, their parent. Or never someone even lost a parent now. And they go, oh, other people are in it. No, for this person, it's their parent or their brother or sister or grandparent or great aunt or great uncle, very close. So when people are going through difficulties, the most important step is don't assume that what you want done to you is exactly what they want told to them. So now when someone is there and you hear someone's there, you could send them a text or give them a call and say, I heard this and this is going on. Just know I'm available. And again, if you're very close, you can push a little more saying, do you want to talk? You know, if I was in such a place, I would want to talk. Or if I was in such a place, I might want space. But how do you want it? So you're asking. So the rule in therapy is we never make assumptions. We always ask. And many times... People go, thank you. You're the first one that gave me that space. There was also at another place, not recently, but I was at a home where someone was nifter, and it was before the kvura. And the person after the shiva came over to me and told me, I want you to know you're the smartest person there. I go, why? I didn't say a word. And they go, I know. Everyone is busy telling us. You just sat there, and we knew if we needed you, we could ask you. They asked me one question. And that was it. I was there for like an hour and a half. But knowing that I am there was enough. And for that one question was enough just to get things going. So my recommendation is let the person know you're there. Tell them I hear this and this is going on. I am here for you in case you need anything. Don't hesitate. That's my opinion. Reb Menachem, what do you say? You're saying very good, Mordechai. And I think that's why it's very tricky. Because like we discussed before, becoming aware, being aware of the other person. But even before that, being aware of where you are when you hear this news. Or what are you feeling while you're talking to that person? Because sometimes you don't realize it comes out from the way you were, your perception. So the smartest thing would, would be like you're saying, just to be there and not to say anything. But then on the other hand, you have to know, like you're saying, somebody's close, to, should I ask, I shouldn't ask. So it's all, you really have to be on top of the game. You have to be very in tuned. And it, I think it does take practice. You don't have to start in these situations, but anytime you meet someone, does that person want you to keep on talking or he just, or he wants to listen? So that's where effective listening comes in, let them talk. Like you realize when two people talk, two, uh, uh, two people talk, usually it's two separate conversations. 
but the, the, really to learn how to affect effective listen to other person and just be there and don't take it away from their conversation. You know, there's a whole skill communication that therapists have that when I was a school reading several books, I thought it was the funniest communication where the client or the person says, you know, I'm not feeling well. And then it goes to therapist because they're teaching us how to speak that therapist language. Hmm. Like MMM or ah, or oi. And I'm thinking seriously, like the person's telling you, where's your conversation. And actually as I'm doing it now in the therapy role, it is so hard for me because on the radio you're talking and it's geschmack in the therapist position. When you're in that place, it's just that, mm, and the person continues, or oh, don't say a word, just shake your head and the person will go on. And then when you got the answer, you just ask the question, and is there anything else to this part? They go, yeah, there's that one little bit I didn't mention, just getting it out, the full spectrum. Don't stop once you think you got the key. I could tell the beginner therapist when I'm supervising beginner therapists, you see the way, oh, I know this skill will help you. Go, no, 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 just stay Anybody Say that again. Sorry, sorry. Go. Yeah, that goal of actually, am I, are you done? Did you get it all out? So imagine a balloon that's got fully loaded and you're just letting the air out a little at a time. But if you stop, and you're not letting it out, you won't be able to do the therapy. So therefore you gotta let the air out and that's when we get involved. And sometimes we've gotta remain quiet three, four, five sessions. And many times, especially of Shalom Bias, you have parents, what did you do with my kid? I go, we got your teenager to open up. Do you know what that is? We got your husband to talk or your wife to talk, but we want results. No, 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 that comes the next step. So we're getting many different questions of people asking, how do I help someone that's going through a difficult time? Like what, there's a question, what can you tell a relative who, who are suffering from right now, Corona? That's, and the answer is you just there for them. Tell them, what can I do? They might even tell you, I want you to water my plants. I want you to have people say to Hillam, I don't want people to call me, ask. Mati, I have uh, Yuri Blumfeld. He wants to ask you a question. He's live on the video. Go ahead. Hi, Welcome. good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much. So I was actually the one who wrote that question, but I'll elaborate. I, I pushed send the drop too early. So my question was, what can you tell someone who is suffering from not from actually Corona, but maybe they have Corona also, but from the anxiety of Corona? Uh, meaning, is there meaning? Is there something that you could tell these people? Uh, obviously, you know, there's people who don't normally suffer from it. Someone who normally suffers from anxiety needs professional help. But this is a unique situation that we're in. And in this situation, is there something, the right words, some things like that we could suggest to them, tell them what to do while they're getting worked up over the current situation? So I'm going to read you a question that we got, and I'll show you the similarities between the two, and it's very much our energy. So the question is, I've been told I may be laid off after Yantiv. How do I put aside the worry of the unknown and enjoy Yantiv? This is a very real situation. I've never heard of a friend of mine that works for a big company where it's a from Boston had to lay off 50 employees um, just Arab Shabbos. So we're coming into Pesach and there are 50 from people out of a job. And it was hard. And this person was telling me how this boss was literally crying and, and just 
feels terrible. So again, how does someone think about that they might lose their job being in Yantiv, the same what? level where people are afraid that either they have corona or they might get the corona? I want to I elaborate a little bit on that question. Just you know, People are making it sound like it's more of a smaller issue. Unless a business is a grocery store or very few, like a medical practice, almost every company that I know of and all my friends, whatever business they're in, even if they're not fired yet, the company's revenue and the gross income is going down. So most companies are either trying to get the, the, the loans from the government, or they're trying to say, okay, I'll go by. But as more time goes on and there's less and less revenue, we're all in the same boat. It's just a matter of time before there's a limit how much a boss could hold anybody. There's a limit how much a boss could hold the company. So, you know, I want to just like elaborate. It's, it's, it's more like 80, 90% of the people in this spot in both, not five, 10%. Exactly. I appreciate that very, very much of what you mentioned. So that is true. And that's why it is a real concern. And just as you said, besides for the medical, can, besides for the medical field, let's say therapists, doctors, and food stores, every, the whole country is on a standstill. Almost the entire world is on a standstill. So let's help people recognize a shift. So I've recently written a book, and then Rebbe Nachman, I want to hear your opinion, as always, called Momentum. And the book is called Momentum for a very simple reason. There is a concept that the way we are going is going to be what is where we're going to end up, meaning if you're thinking a certain way, you're going to get stuck in that level. So I'm going to share with you a very positive story of a good friend of mine. I'm not going to say his name, but this friend of mine called me up Thursday night saying he got laid off from his boss Wednesday. He already has an interview on Friday. Now I'll even tell you the type of field that I don't want to say. I want to keep it private. But it's a field which is laying off at this time. He had an interview on Friday and he got a job on Friday. Now how he got the job was he was telling this company, I know you're downsizing but I have so much experience that while you're downsizing, you still need me. I'll work on a fraction of the pay. Hopefully, you know, in two months from now, things will change. There is a way that if you're staying positive, you're staying focused with Seattle Deshmaya, of course, there are opportunities. The question is, are you going to start going into, I, I can't and negative. You're going to be stuck there. The whole concept of the book momentum is the first thought third is realizing all the reasons why we stop our momentum. The other two-thirds of the book is how to keep your momentum going. And I could tell you, anyone that has been successful, any Rav, any Godel, any businessman will share with you the more hurdles and challenges that they've had and they have overcome. And that's the real stuff that I like. So now let's go back to this person that is worried about Corona. We've explained in the first uh, part of this when we've done the other program, what has happened to the to the rest of the world is what people that generally suffer from anxiety have. And that means my security, my knowing what tomorrow will bring, what today will bring was shattered. Someone that has, let's say anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder. Let's say an example I like using that we used last time is a car accident. Someone was in a car accident. Now they're afraid to go in a car. Their safety of a car was shattered. And now every time they got to go into that car, they're nervous. People that are now, now that Corona is pretty much out there and everyone knows a friend or two that's either well, not well, or a family member that's Chas Hashem or a friend that's in the hospital or a relative of a close person that's in the hospital or Chas Hashem, someone that was even nifter. What happens is the 
security that our mind believed we're in was shattered. It is no different getting that reassurance than like someone that has anxiety for whatever reason that has been developed that way, how to be reassured. So let's give a couple of main little tips. Number one, start looking what is in your control. The more you think about the negative, the less you'll be in control. What can I do today? I might not be having a job. Have that conversation with your boss. Have that open conversation. I know the, com the company is downsizing. What can I do to remain in my job? I know someone that had that conversation with his boss and the boss told him as follows. Look, if I lower your pay to below 20%, you could get unemployment, which will cover the other 60 or 70%. And you get that for about three months or whatever time that is. You're going to get your salary for four months when I only pay you 20%. So therefore, you'll still, still be in the company, we'll wait it out, and I don't have to cover your paycheck. Unemployment will. There's a lot out there if you're comfortable, calm, and secure. The same is with the fear of corona. What's the fear? The fear is chas you'll get it. Realize, what can I do not to get it? I will use the Perel. I will keep myself clean. I will wear gloves. I will wear a mask. I am going to keep the safe distance that there are from people and then start focusing. What can I do now? Where are my happiness? Where's my peacefulness? And we start grounding ourselves. We stop listening to all media. We stop listening to the negative stuff. Boy, is that a guarantee for disaster. Keep on listening to negative. The more you're going to hear how negative and how bad you're feeling, you're going to feel. I just want to give you guys a little trick that I once learned in way back when, when I took a hypnosis course. If everyone could just close your eyes or keep your eyes open for those that would like, and imagine I am slicing a lemon right now. And I am asking you to smell that lemon. Stick out your tongue. Don't actually do it, but imagine you're sticking out your tongue and you are licking that lemon. How many of you are right now noticing your mouth has got so much more saliva in your mouth? Just picture yourself licking that lemon the brain automatically will create more saliva just imagining that you're licking a lemon because your brain will react to your thoughts. As we know in Yiddishkeit, Trachtgut Vetzaingut, the famous Lubavitch, well, it's all based in Yiddishkeit, I don't want to go into all the places, but it's all about your belief that you have, and that's all based 101 in Yiddishkeit. So basically, if you are going to be thinking about corona and the negativity of corona, it's not going to work. If you start playing games with your kids, talk to your friends, anything but Corona, everything about positivity, everything about what we can do to go healthy, do a little walk, exercise, push-ups, sit-ups, whatever it should be. If we focus on that positive, there are the big shifts. Does that make sense? Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, and not only that, I was telling the, the relative of mine that's suffering that I watched them as they kept on thinking about it, they were getting worse and worse. They were actually starting to, you know, they were saying, maybe I'm not breathing well. And they were actually starting to, like, I watched it actually transpire, you know, happen as they were thinking about it. So yes, 100%. I was speaking to, Mati, I was speaking to one of the big, big uh, OCD therapists in Lakewood. And he says he has no business now. I said, Mr. Shem, very shortly, he should be a multimillionaire shortly. Oh, hey. Um, I'm surprised he isn't because this is created from the people that I've been getting messages about OCD as is it has exploded with those people that were now I'm worried about wipe washing hands. Was I next to someone? Am I coughing? 
And being that there are family members and people are hearing sometimes you can have a mother or father and then a kid in the hospital. So those that have little bits of anxiety or OCD, I've been busy the entire time just coaching people to coach others, not even me dealing with that. But I'd like to focus again on the positive. I take a break of all the news. I literally do not. And I'm on a couple of chats, way too much negativity going out there. There are some positive messages. People are getting better. Baruch Hashem. I've been, take, I've been on a couple of Tehillim groups and hearing how people are getting better. You start, we want to hear about those people are getting better and it's happening. It really, really is. We want to start focusing on what are, if, if I would ask this person, write down a list of six, seven things he wants to do today. You hear what you want to do. There are chats going around. Who can volunteer? If this person's out of a job right now and he has time to think, volunteer. There are so many organizations that can use now people to volunteer. Do that. And you'll find yourself being positive. Getting out of that house, again, with a correct distance, makes a big effect. Staying home is terrible. Mati, next question. Hold on. Let's hear about Berenfeld. Rabbi Nachman. I'm going to throw the question, the next question to Berenfeld. Good. So go ahead. Send the next one to him. Okay. We're going to go on a different, a whole different route over here. Are we ready? Let's go. Question is as follows. I am planning on staying home for the whole Yontif and it's just me and my husband. How can I make sure that our marriage stays intact after Yontif? <laughs> maybe, maybe she could give me a little more information. I'm assuming they're married and I'm assuming that they have a decent marriage, but I'm assuming at the same time that being together, it's probably a young couple and you know, maybe it's the conversation is boring. Maybe they're a little bit at each other's throats. Maybe they're both OCD. I don't know, but it's just a general question. Just, is there any tips or malak when you're together, stuck quarantined together with your spouse for so many days, going straight into a eight day yontiv, um, to make it more of a simcha, more of a so maybe I can ask them, I can ask you instead, maybe you'll answer me. Maybe they should discuss it between each other. What could they do before this whole thing happens to make sure that nobody gets on each other's nerves or some positivity, like she asks him what he would like and he asks her what she would like and come up with some ideas. And that would be from them, not from me. Okay. Again, you know, there's a lot of things that people could come up like Mordechai said before, what, come up with different ideas. And I do want to mention that the, there are a lot of people who are paralyzed. And what you said before is to focus on the positive, which is a good idea, but it takes, for, for some people it takes time to get there. Um, I've spoken to a lot of people, it takes, takes a few days. They have to first realize they're paralyzed. It's hard for them to think if they lost a job, these are heavy, heavy things that they don't see any way out. And by them, it's totally black, negative. You can tell them, okay, think something positive. They'll just walk away from you. It's, it's not possible. My whole world falls apart. So that means basically that his brain is frozen as of now. After a few days, slowly, we can come, come, out, come out of it, realize there's a whole world out there to reframe, to, to look at it look with different perspective. And like I got a message, um, somebody was a Rebbe and he lost a job, but he, he can't do anything else. The only thing he can do is being a Rebbe. 
Well, if that's his belief, then yes, he might be stuck, but um, either he could find something to do about becoming a Rebbe somewhere else, or he might find out that he might be good somewhere else. He might be forced to go there, but at the end he'll say, oh, I never, I've never believed, but I had to. So there is a way how to open up a little bit, but that does take time to be able to see a little bit different ideas. So the same situation over here, you're thrown into this first, it could be you got married a few uh, weeks ago, thrown into this, and uh, there's a lot of uh, concerns. You're not sure what, when, where, and how. So at, at the beginning, you don't see any way out. You need ideas from others. Well, you could call people and ask for ideas, but if you sit down, take a deep breath, and see what, what it's all about, how can I work it out, speak to my spouse, you come up with your own ideas, and slowly, eventually, it works out. I hear that. I'm going to tell you uh, my own little take on the question, uh, my, therapeutic, my therapeutic uh, opinion. Um, I can just tell you from my own experience is that when you're home, there are some days that just like today, I, I had all the kids, we, we did like, we turned over, we, we did, you know, tons of stuff today in the house, we all worked together. Everybody was like in their good mental place, in a good mental state, everybody was ready and excited to work. And it was just like, it was a pleasure. And I was like, oh, I could do this for another six months, no problem. And then it was like uh, on Shabbos, I was like, okay, um, I'm ready to get, I'm ready to be positive for Corona. Just check me in there's nursing home hospital. I'm probably better over there. So I think the way I would answer the question is, yes, there's probably a little anxiety there partially, but you got to do with, you know, with, again, it's a very broad question. There's a lot of million questions. It's a very like general, but um, without getting into more detail, just plan the best you could. And there'll be days you'll feel like overwhelming. And there'll be days that you feel like it's just, this is great. This is, you know, sometimes you talk to people and they're having a great time. Sometimes not. That's my opinion. So what you're More saying, Usha, what you're saying is it, it's okay. What I'm saying is it's okay, yes. I'm yeah. saying we're all standing here in this. The reason why we're all these together. are in this, this room today, because we all have the exact same problem. We're all scared about Panasa. We're all scared about our jobs. We're all scared about our family. We're scared about our mental sanity. We're scared about everything. We're just talking it out. And that's what I'm trying to get from the people here to, to ask questions, be, be alive. We're all in the same boat. There's no, there's no bush here. It used to be... Three weeks ago, a guy who was a little tight on Parnassa, it was like a little bit embarrassing. Today, it's like, ah, Baruch Hashem, I'm on every program. <laughs> it's almost a covet. It's almost a covet. Uh, it's funny, I was, I'm dealing in another business. I'm trying to help people with some financial stuff. And people that have successful businesses are all calling me. They're all really struggling. Everybody's busy trying to get their stimulus money, make sure the taxes in. Everybody's trying to get every few thousand dollars. Everybody's, whether they're really, really affected or not, everybody's definitely feeling the pinch. So um, I think that's one thing we all feel in one way or another. It's some, you got to feel it. It's impossible not to. Mordechai, back to the, back to the broad marriage question. I like the question with the marriage question. I want to give a whole different spin to it. So I'm a big believer in self-disclosing, meaning I share some of my challenges. And the challenge, not only did I go through about a year ago, just before Pesach, but I even wrote about it in the book as the Hagdam of the book Momentum. So I want to share with you the concept that I came up with, I put in the book and the challenge. I, Baruch Hashem, Hashem has given me a huge siyata d'shmai to be able to help people from very early on in the field where most people have to wait years to build up. I had that tzchos. But it gets very difficult because so many people want to come to you and you only have so many people that you can see. So everyone always tells me, open up a center. And it took me about nine years of opening up a center. Well, sure enough, last year, Pesach, for various reasons, I had to shut the center. Could you imagine the embarrassment? And I said it openly going, 
I don't get it. Don Bachstrom's successful. Therapists are successful. People are getting better. And for whatever reason, had to close shop. It was very embarrassing. And I was even a little upset. And part of me is frustrated with Hashem. What do you want from me? What's the goal? And then I realized, you know something? I've been davening Hashem. Please help me go to the next level. Looks like he doesn't think I could make it running this center. And sure enough, about five months later, I am in the process of teaming up with a center which takes insurance that we should be able to help a lot of people through insurance and make it more affordable instead of paying for it on your own. That means many times we ask for greatness, Hashem gives it to us, but sometimes you have to destroy the way you had it so the greatness can come. Let's take it now to this couple. How many times has this wife or husband, Davin Hashem, please help my marriage improve? Please let me have a great marriage. So what he has done is you two are living a parallel life. You're not working together. You're working parallel. What I'm going to do is I'm going to rock the boat, get this corona out there. You're now forced to face each other. You're going to go through this bump of the loss of, we can't go to our kids. I can't talk to my daughter. This husband can't talk to the son. We actually have to start meshing and I'll work it out. So sometimes this is a Yerida, I know I tell this to clients, I hate when I have to tell it to myself, but when we go through our challenges, it's about learning lessons. I've been pushing something for the last five weeks more. It's about three months, but five weeks full time. This Arab Shabbos, at around two o'clock, I get the final no, it's not working. I was so upset and so disappointed. And I realized what message if I have to learn that it could happen. And I realized Hashem is telling Mordechai, you're pushing, you're working late at night. You're trying to get something going. No one knows what's going on. Stop working so hard. Stop working at, let's say, 10 o'clock at night. Stop working till one every night. So most people only see everyone's successes. Oh, he's got this. No, he's got that. You don't see the failures and, or the setbacks. That's why I wrote the book Momentum. It's the book to help me continue when I hit setbacks. I hit setback after setback. What's your mentality going to be? So to this couple, what I would tell the wife is, instead of thinking your husband's the problem, and for those husbands saying, instead of thinking my wife's the problem and we're stuck in it, this is now an opportunity to work it out. As Ushi said, Friday, he wanted to test positive and just get pulled away. He stayed through the process. And Sunday, turned over the whole Pesach, and it was the best time ever. They are going to go the ups and the downs. As long as you stay in the process, you realize, I got to change. What am I learning? And that is my lesson. So the phone rang before, and I forgot I made up to speak to a psychiatrist. I can. Normally, I would have said, you know what? We're finishing this at 11.15 at night. I'll speak to her then. No. I asked her, can we do it tomorrow morning? That's my lesson that I am learning from this major, major setback this Friday. And again, also due to corona, things were changing. People weren't able to do things. There was a deadline trying to push. Things are out of our hands. So for the marriage, face it. Work on it. It's not a curse. For you, May you be healthy and the Parnassah part, this might be the Yeshua to finally work on your marriage. Mordechai, you just went through two years, it sounds like at least two years of your life. Well, you, you know a lot more of my life than many it, do. You did it pretty fast. Can I ask you to tell the audience a little bit of how it feels when the whole thing falls apart? 
So you want which part, the whole cycle, the ones of all this time? Because many people are experiencing those feelings now and they don't know if it's normal and they're getting lost. And all they have to hear is that that's exactly what you felt. And that's part of the process to continue. And eventually it goes up with Siata Deshmaya. So let me show you this book called Momentum that I wrote. I also wrote in the Hagdom. I feel that Hashem sent it the Rafur before the Makkah. Because I'm working on this book for two years. And about halfway through, as my entire life gets rocked, having the center, I started my PhD, my psychology. I was heading in a direction. There's no doubt. Hashem's for sure. I'm busy. I got the fame. I got this. I got that. It's going to go. And sure enough, the arrow's going down and down and down. But I was already in the process of momentum of this book. Keep the momentum going. Little steps. Look small. Don't look at the big result. Know where you want to get to, but Hashem's going to run that. Well, the whole process is this book, set, steady through. And part of it is acknowledging the emotions. So I'll share with you how it goes. There were feelings of failure. There are feelings I had enough pushing. Why do I always have to push? I made it. I'm there. Why open up a center? Why do it again? What normal person will do something a second time when you had busy Just Go back to seeing your people. Stay there. Then you shared it with people. I'll share with you another one. I shared it with someone. And all of a sudden I get a message from someone. Oh, I heard there's such tragedy in your life. I go, no, what happened? Your whole business is done. You're broke. You need time. I said, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. So people took my message, spread it around. I got several people tell me about how the Imamish feel bad. There's no part of So my biggest concern was it's going to get to my in-laws because they're going to hear about this. And then, oy vey. So there were so many embarrassment, different feelings coming up. People taking things out of context. Another big shame that I went through was there was a convention of various therapists. And all of them were like with a smile. Oh, I hear you had to shut down. And I'm thinking like, oh, great. My value just went from here down to there. Another one was a lot of doubt in myself. I don't think I'm really cut out for this. I don't think I'll ever make it. Another one which is coming up a lot was Jewish guilt. What Avera did I do? And we all know the Gemaras, the Mepharshim, that when there's something wrong, you have to do you know, and start looking what you've done and how bad it was. And I even went to someone that I respect a lot. And he actually told me, no, I think Hashem is telling you, push forward. Don't start looking at your averes. I think it's going to pull you down. Start looking at what mitzvahs and what you are going to do. What will you take upon yourself? And one of them was keep this momentum. Keep on writing the book. Don't stop. And most of this book are the secrets and tools that worked on me and worked with clients. So that is something that has helped me a tremendous amount. Those were the negative emotions. The positive emotions was, I didn't keep it a secret. So as Rabbi Menachem knows that I have certain friends that I'm very open with them, and there's a certain group that I participate in, and I, they gave me a tremendous amount of chizik. I went to therapy. I, since I'm a therapist, I needed to clean out my brain, so it also helped me going. I have various friends that I was opening up to one-on-one -on -one, that they knew what was in. They're just telling me, you know, even just hearing the outside world, no one looks, no one cares, no one's interested. Like, just keep on going. So there are a huge amount of levels. And just to share with everyone positives, because I'm a big believer in positive, 
I've done a workshop. We've actually just finished tonight was the last workshop, the parenting workshop. I had 10 times the amount of people I've ever had sign up to this workshop because we were able to take insurance. I'm not saying the money was better, but the energy of reaching, which is one of my greatest passions, was greater than ever. So realize, I shut the center, and part of me was like, even upset at Hashem, like, you know I'm trying to reach people. You know the pressures of messages that I'm getting. How could you make me shut this? Like, what am I supposed to do now? And a short while later, just so much greater came. So what I will just share is the emotions were there. Being able to identify the emotions, sometimes when I'm angry and frustrated, it was and I could be upset at my wife or upset at my kids or upset at my friends or even upset at the group or upset at so many things. I got to go, hold on. What's going on in me? I didn't sleep well. First of all, I forgot. Let's just take a pause a second, guys. Olive base. All those worried about the fear of Corona, I've got three questions. Most likely none of you have done any of these three. Number one, did you sleep eight hours at night? Most people's fears about Corona go down if you just have eight hours of sleep. Next thing, did you eat normal? Three meals plus a snack, a healthy snack. I'm not talking about binge eating cake. Normal food, just body. Listen to what I'm going to be saying, body. And the last one is, it's, I'll divide it into two. So let's say exercise, which could be a drop of just going on elliptical treadmill, just walk around the block four or five times, 20 minutes exercise. And the last one, which is really part of this is, can you be away from everyone here in Lakewood? It's easier or it's not a city. Could just go on your backyard or just walk out those trees and grass, just away. No cell phone. You may not have your cell phone on you. No connection to the world. 15 minutes away from the world. So again, sleeping eight hours, eating normal three times a day, plus two, three healthy snacks of any fruit or vegetables. Exercise small. I'm not talking about advanced stuff. Oh, no video. And the last one is about being taking a break from all that stuff. That will dramatically lower the stress and increase. So I would ask Yoshi, when you said Friday, when you, mm-hmm. when you wanted to drop the whole family, did you get to rest a little? I slept the Shabbos, uh, the Shabbos before I didn't sleep the Shabbos. I slept uh, about three hours of the day. I slept the full night. It was definitely the sleep makes a big difference. I'm trying not to oversleep because I think that's also a problem. I'm trying to sleep like a nice you know, amount, but. Um, I'm definitely... trying to sleep. I'll wake up with having everything done. So. Uh... <laughs> okay. Um, we have a lot of things happening on the program over here. Um, we have Mr. M. Brewer who says he prepared a song. He wants to end off the session tonight with a song that he composed. So we'll mm-hmm. save that for later. Um, I have Faye on the phone, and she would like to ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. So we live in a complex, and all the kids are playing with each other. And I'm going out and screaming at them. Um, like, move away nicely. Oh, you're that crazy lady. I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> what's the you're plan? so normal. What's the question? This is what's going on in every single house. No, so, like, what do we do to, like, do we put out a text? Do we scream? Well, obviously not scream, but do we... So let's start again. What's the question? What's happening with the kids? They're all outside because the mothers are cleaning and trying to get things done. Yeah. And we're not watching them. We're watching them, and then we go out, and the kids are with other kids. Like, today I went out, and there was four families sitting together doing chalk. Now what? And I picked up my daughter, and I moved her away, and she was crying. I felt bad, but she knew it was the right thing, and everyone else just stayed there. 
So do I tell the other parents? Do I not tell the other parents? Well, first of all, let's realize now what you're doing. This is a very normal issue. And that is when you're in a society of people, especially with kids, where kids don't understand this whole quarantine level. They don't, I love the freedom of children. I actually don't believe in that, by the way. My four-year-old understands it. Okay. We said it's a Jeremy days. She has songs for the Jeremy days. When Jeremy days are over, yes. she'll be able to do things. Excellent. So what I mean is while she understands that she can't do things, but she's outside and other kids are there and you tell her, don't play with them. They say, come here. They're right next to her. She forgot within two minutes that she's not supposed to, and she's playing with them. That's what I mean. What I mean is they can understand what we explain, but they don't have that mind power to stay present with that rule. That's why we need to be there with them and remind them. That's why they need more supervision. Okay, but what do you do about other neighbors? Excellent. So now we're going to get there. So now that we understand our four-year-old kids and five-year-old kids and six-year-old kids, while they know they should not be together with others, they will forget that if the other kids aren't taking care of that. What we do now is it's a lot harder, but you actually have a conversation with the parents and you ask them, look, Baruch Hashem, it's sunny weather that we can have the kids outside so they're not cooped up, but we do need to enforce the six feet apart between kids. So I've seen many families, let's say, where the kids, where they'll have the teenage kids, watch them, just keep everyone far apart, or they'll play on their basketball hoops to the boys where they're each one in front of theirs and they're going to play who can get in whichever game they're going to be playing, but on their basketball court. So if there's a little, if there's an adult and doesn't have to be an adult, could be a 10 year old. That's like the Mora or the Rebbe or the person in charge or the counselor, they will listen. So it's about us being, having supervision. Now, the way to get that easy is if you actually have a conversation with the two, three of the parents saying, how do we deal with it? You might not have the solution. You can't be outside. They can't be outside, but maybe you can take turns. Maybe there are some older kids that can do that. What ideas do you think you will be able to set up with once you understand that this is a normal process? Right. I get that. I guess we just have a bunch of little kids on this block. Yeah. Not that many big kids. Yes. And parents don't really care. To be I'm, honest I'm Mati, I'm going to jump in and then I want to, I want to hear Mordechai's point of view and let's keep on moving over here. Um, my point of view is I live in a development. I have the same exact issues. Um, you really can't control other people's kids. You just got to tell your kids. And if you see that, that they're just not, then the only option is really to get the cage and put them in. Um, but there really is no other option. You cannot control the people. I, I see on Chavez some neighbors that they're mishing, you know, like Pesach, we mish. Some do, some don't. So it's only really my opinion up to you. And that's what I do with my kids. And um, it's my opinion. Menachem. There's only a certain amount that you can do, and you have to keep it to normal. You can talk to your kids as much as possible and try your best, and there's always going to be times that they're not going to listen. Doesn't that make sense? We just have to try. I think it also brings us to, the, to a question somebody asked. In, if it's right to do my normal shopping when we're advised to only buy essential, he says he feels guilty going out every time, so the, his question is, what is normal? How much is normal? Because maybe he shouldn't buy more stuff. Maybe he should stay home. So I think it takes us to the same, there's a certain amount, everybody has their level, I guess. You can't stay home and lock the doors. You obviously have to go out once in a while. Do your best and uh, hopefully um, it works. And the same thing with the kids. You try your best, you tell your kids they have to be 
six feet away and you find them closed, tell them, you remind them, and then you're in the house for two hours. You don't know what they did in between. What could you do? I heard that, definitely. Um, Mordechai, I want to try some other stuff here. Can we try some uh, stuff before we get to the end of the year? We have a few things happening here. Let's go. Morty. Yeah. What's doing? Can I share a little bit of your private life with everybody? Are you okay with that? That's fine. I'm okay. I'm all you. I'm KCL. Okay. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess with Ushi, there's very little confidentiality going on over here. So let's go. <laughs> That's why I lost my license. Yeah. <laughs> Morty's a very good friend of mine. Morty has uh, a waitering business in Lakewood, Simcha's Waiters, and he does photography. And yes. Morty, Morty um, on a few shirm ago, came on and he gave everybody a lot of chizuk. And um, I'm going to share a little bit of a story, then I'll let him speak, and then I got to shut him down because once he goes, he doesn't stop because he's so <laughs> full of life. So Morty basically does catering, does photography. He lives job to job. Parnassa is day to day, like a lot of people. And um, he had a lot of jobs lined up. He has employees that he pays, you know, obviously per job. And um, when this happens, he has no job. He has no weddings. He's, I asked him if he's doing any funeral photos. He said he's not doing that either. So he has really <laughs> no Parnassa whatsoever. And he tells me he's 100% happy, he's 100% content, and he has full of moon and betachin. And Morty, can you just, in very short, because I'm going to cut you off after a minute or two, explain me how you have such strong faith in moon and betachin when we're all so nervous. I, I, I live my, I built my life on faith and trust for years. It takes, it's a long, long journey, yes, to become a person of, of, of faith and trust. Rather, it's meaning from a, a daily seder of Chavis HaLavavis, to build yourself a relationship with Hashem, of putting your entire life into the hands of Hashem. Who knows better than, than, than your father, your beloved father and mother who raised you from when you were born, which college is best for you, which masifta, which, 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 which school, which way you should live, where you should, and your own parents who raised you from the minute, who know you from the minute you were born. I only know myself when I became mature, a mature adult, rather 10 or 18, right? Depending on what kind of issue, what topic. Who knows better than Hashem what's best for each person when he should get married, when he should, when he should, when he should get a, uh, a job, and what kind of job? Should it be a, a, college, a job that needs college, or a job that, they, that can cover accounting, doesn't need college, but it's still a, a professional job to be an accountant, versus a store, a store or a cashier, is a, a, any, anyone can be a cashier, right? When a person put, put your life into the hands of Hashem, you're allergic to the word worry. A person that lives a life of faith gets to be the happiest person in the world, because nothing in the world could affect the person. The guy could be robbed right in front of his eyes. I went to go Pesach shopping today, and there could be long lines, and there could be waiting, and there could be everything. But, and, and, this, and this is my first Pesach I'm, I'm making. But for, take away, there's, tons of, there's tons of pros also, rather than traveling to my in-laws all the way in Chicago, whatever, the, whatever it comes with. But look at all the pros. The first year with children to have a Pesach at home, Look at the positive in life. Look at the, the positive. Yes, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to clean a house of Pesach. And, and, and look, but, but it's not a six-bedroom house. People have to clean a six-bedroom house. And I know people who married 18 years, you said before, that are making the first, first Pesach this well, year. Morty, the question is, more: you have no money. You have no job. How are you going to get food? Where are you going to make parnasa? Why are you not nervous? Why are you not taking anti-anxiety medication? And who knows what? Because we take life one day at a time, and we have a talk in the moon Hashem, and the Rebbein Shalom wouldn't give a person a test if he couldn't handle it. Something I read just today, 
in a book just today with my wife, uh, a daily book I read during supper once a day, a, a few paragraphs a day. Just today, you find that strange. We just read just today on a, a, a topic, right? That Hashem couldn't, everyone knows the famous line that a, a person is never given any sign if you couldn't handle any sign. Even the most reformed Jew knows that. So nobody could ever ask Hashem, why is my daughter not married yet? Why didn't my daughter get into school yet, right? Why isn't this, why I don't even, I don't even know where I'm going to be tomorrow. Because everyone, everyone can handle uh, the most reformed Jew. Hashem doesn't give him something he can't handle. You know what I'm saying? Moria, I'm going to cut you off here. Everybody's putting out that you're the most powerful speaker and the most inspirational. I'm just letting you know, I think you have, you have a future in being an inspiring speaker. Because you know why? Because you're talking from the heart. And it's very, very uh, I wish, noble. I wish everyone a fail and kosher Pesach. There's a lot of work to do, Thank but it's wor everyone will have a good yontif. With Amen. faith and truth, everyone will have a good yontif. Amen. I want to ask Menachem Friedman to chime in over here. Menachem Friedman, can, I, uh, can you turn on your mute? Yeah, hello, Menachem. Hi, Menachem. My question is from Menachem Berenfeld. Can you give us some tips on leading the Seder to get uh, bigger children and younger children involved? And uh, One second. Pause one second. Seder. Mr. Ellie Katz. How are you doing? Hello to you. Wave. I just came on. No problem. Just continue. Sorry, Menachem. <laughs> so my question for Menachem Barenfeld is, if you can give us some tips on how to lead us, say, there to get everyone involved, the older children and the younger children, all on their own level. Before, before I, 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 I want to say, first of all, I want to thank you for being here tonight. And I have a lot of tips. Um, now that you're asking, maybe I'll put together a small video and I'll send it out so that I don't keep up the oilam here tonight. And you can email me privately, Mitz Hashem, and we'll give you a little bit of my the tips that work for me and I think work for other people also. Okay, looking forward. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to mention one thing. Can, Manachem, can I mention about the story about the person who flew in and had to fly back? Can I just mention that? Yes. I just want to give everybody just a little bit. It's again, it's not. It's just a point that we should all keep in mind. We're all having our struggles of the seder and the this and the parnasa and the job and this and that. Menachem Friedman is a very close friend of ours, and uh, he works in relief. He actually gets people kidneys. Renewal, that are, renewal, renewal. Renewal. Sorry, same thing. Whatever. It's the same guy. <laughs> and he gets listen without without the brains. What's the kidneys worth? He helps people get the kidneys that he needs. But I, I really want to mention one very specific thing that um, just that to put everything in perspective, we should really appreciate, thank you Hashem, that, that's the concept of tonight in a certain sense, is a person that desperately needed a kidney and they finally got a match, which is a miracle of a miracle, and finally everything, everything happened. Menachem, what happened? And then Corona happened. They flew happened? from Israel and they had to go back to Israel without a kidney, unfortunately. Yep. The so. this up, that we should realize we're complaining about minimal things, you know what I mean? And you know, those are real life issues. I just wanted to bring that up. I'm sorry. Menachem, let's go. Hold on. I like a positive story. Menachem, yeah. can you please share us a beautiful story that Renewal has had? So I'll tell you, this is actually, this story is actually a beautiful story because this lady had a 0% chance of finding a match and we found a match for her. So Mitch Hashem, once Corona's over, she's going to get this kidney. Wow. Wow. That's a shame. Beautiful. That is powerful. Yep. Same story has a <laughs> two ends to it. It's the way you look at it. Yeah. True. Yeah. 
Okay. So I'm going to the question. Repeat the question because I, I lost track. I just want to mention that Island, what Mordechai spoke before in length about his life, which was very powerful. I think a big Island was able to pick up little bits of pieces and see how it works for them. But what I would say, if everyone should start writing a journal every day for a few minutes, and this will be the beginning of your book. Everybody has a different experience going through this situation and amidst Hashem, Hashem should help, we should get out of it very fast. But looking back, you'll have a story to tell. And the only way to do that is being able to know where you want to get to, where do you want to be afterwards. It might be with jobs, it might be with the family, whatever it is. Take a few minutes and start writing your book. Beautiful, and I look forward to buying it. Can we go with another live question? We'll go last live question and then our song that I can't wait to hear. You know. Um, I have Shana Felder. Are you there? Yes, hi. We're going in for doubles here. No I was going to say, Ushi, we got to practice over here. When we do these things live, we don't say their name. We say, hi, you're on. That was a, that was a real name. That was a fake name. Oh, I got you. You're fine. You could do that on Koparama. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> um, how do you, something's bothering me with this whole virus, but I can't locate what's bothering me. And like, I don't feel afraid. So how do you like locate a feeling? Menachem, this is, go ahead. I do this all day, but you have such a beautiful way of bringing that out in people. So I just want to share with everyone, Menachem is someone that has put together for Malamdim, for Machanchem, a beautiful program, how to help Rebbeim, a program to help the Talmidim to be able to identify emotions, recognize what they are. And I think you've even had a small program with Torah Masorah. Did you have that, Menachem? Remind me. On the way. On the way, it's all oh, that. That was that was a secret breaking confidentiality that I sort of heard a rumor. But I remember you've done the program. You had a lot of rebbeim. I spoke to Rebbe that told me. Remind me about that. It was like last year, one of the rebbeim told me that was phenomenal. I go around to schools. Yes. So excellent. So that's why I'm letting you take this question. So you could go ahead and explain what she's saying. I have some feeling, but I don't know what that is. What would be the process, or when you teach it to the schools, or? Mm -hmm. So my first question would be, what do you mean you have some feeling? Like every, the whole world's just in a hype and something's really bothering me about it, but I'm not afraid. So it's so interesting. Like, I don't know, something's like nagging at me, but I don't know what it is. So you're okay. You just have that guilty feeling. A little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't know where to start. And we're obviously we have to work on ourselves now. And it's just like, I don't even, yeah, the list is way too long and so, so we don't have to spend a half an hour on this. It's pretty much you feel guilt. I guess a little bit. Or maybe there's more than that. No, it's like, it's uneasy, but I'm not afraid. So it's just, right. so it, I, I would say there's a lot of people who have this question. We've had it other nights. And uh, like Mordecai mentioned, the guilt is something that a lot of people have. Now, what the first thing I would say is when you feel that guilt, what, what happens when you feel it? What are the thoughts come up in your mind? Um, if I'm trying to work on something, but it's like I'm having a hard time with it, and should I give it up or try something else? I, it's just, I'm like at a loss here, and I don't, I'm, it's like making me like dizzy. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you want to know what Hashem wants you to do? A little bit, yeah. The lack of clarity is... 
So, you, so if somebody, if a malach will come and whisper into your ears, Hashem wants you to say "Tuka pelafilim" and the davimincha, you would be okay. Hundred percent. Wow. So Mordechai, can we get her a malach? I definitely do that in therapy, but in this case, I'll tell you who's your family rav, and just ask your family rav. Like when I shared, like when I had that question about my guilt, when the when I was thought I'm shutting down to punishment from Hashem, and that rav that I spoke to told me, no, 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 your job is keep on going, continue writing your book. That's your avoda. Push through. It's the Yitzhahara trying to put a stumbling block in your way. Stand up. Get above that. And that's exactly what I did. And Baruch Hashem, as I shared with everyone, the workshop that we had for the parenting literally had 10 times the amount of people I've ever had sign up to a parenting workshop. And there were challenges to that. So I wonder if, can you ask your father, your husband, or whoever it should be, or a rub or rabbit that you're close to, what do you think should be my avayda? And once you have, they say, say to Hillam, or if they say, be positive, or if they say, maybe your job is to actually bring confidence and security to those that aren't. What if I'm what if I'm working on something and I feel like it's it's like very, very, very hard for me? Do I move on to something else or just keep keep at it? The beauty that I like is, especially about therapy that I learned that is why make this decision on your own? Discuss it. If you have an accounting decision, are you going to decide that or are you going to speak to an accountant? If you have a legal issue, will you just decide that you'll speak to a lawyer? So the mm -hmm. same is here. You took upon yourself something. Maybe the message is what you've taken upon yourself is too much. So speak to a Rava Rebetzin, someone that does these things. It's a simple question. Yes. Someone that knows you, or even with your parents, or someone close. Uh -huh. I would just add, spend like two, three minutes a day in quiet, like Mordecai says, and just be aware of those feelings and the thoughts that come in. Journaling would help. If you journal, just write it down. Yep, and then just add at the end, whatever you do, let's say you say a little number two, believe that, that Hashem is happy with what you're doing. All right, everyone. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Great. Let's go to that song that we've got, Ashi, and then we're going to close the program. Mr. Brewer, the, the, the floor is yours. First of all, where do you live again? You live in Cleveland, right? I live in Cleveland, yes. Oh, wow. Great. So we have a song all the way from Cleveland. Yeah, I, I like to uh, compose songs here and there. I do that. First of all, thank you for Menachem Bernfield and Mordechai Weinberger for having this program. And yeah, for Hoshe yeah, Parnas and being the moderator. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So I have a song, you know, we like to end on a good note. Like we have to, you know, uh, be more conscious and hearing positive news, be able to stay okay in the situation. Uh, so this is on the on the words, that's a little song, at the end of Yishamda. HaKadosh Baruch It could be Matzileinu Miyodam from enemies or it could be from things that we don't see. It was as follows. Vehakadosh Baruchu, Hoi Matzileinu, Hoi Matzileinu Miyodam. Vehakadosh Baruchu, Hoi Matzileinu, Hoi Matzileinu Miyodam. Vehakadosh Baruchu, Hoi Matzileinu, 
Very impressive, I got to tell you. Wow. Mordecai. All the messages you got there, you got to save them and screenshot them. No, that's really, hello, without a band, on Zoom, which is not clear, in front of 150 people. Come on, it's impressive. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. I want to I give a bracha to everybody on the on the share, specifically uh, Mordechai Weinberger and Menachem Berenfeld for donating their time and energy. This was really done to really help cholesterol and to help people. I, I personally felt very uplifted from everything. Um, special shout out to Morty, who uh, made me a Balchuba today. Morty, he's too busy talking. And uh, for everybody that helped, Pinky Friedman, that helped put together the, the brochures and the Lakewood Scoop, LNN, and to Matzev, Ellie Katz, for being Daniel's Rebbe, teacher, really appreciate it. Please get him back to school as soon as possible. I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> and um, that's it. I really want to give you guys, everybody here, a bracha. We should have a beautiful Pesach. I'm, I'm really counting on Mashiach. If not, Mordechai, we might have to have a after Pesach part three. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to school. Not having that. We're we're starting back to school. Gotta get gotta get out of the house. Merit Hashem. Good news. Surus Tavis and Hashem can always send Yeshua Kaherifayan. Amen. The weather could change something and everything just changes. That's what we're we just gotta do ours. As you can see, uh, Mr. Donanich is already dressed up for, for Purim. He's already Pare over there. Let my people go. Menachem. I want to thank everyone for being here, and especially Mordechai and Usher and my brother Matra and everybody else, Menachem Friedman and all my friends. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And Mr. Hashem, Chazak Vamatz, hold on strong with the ups and downs. Hatzlacha. Be well. Good night, everybody. Bye.